0: I wanted to start simple first and foremost as a community. No matter what your why is, you drink alcohol still, you're taking a night off, a week off, a month off, a year off, a lifetime. That's all cool, that, that's good. Like, you don't have to explain yourself, you're welcome. It doesn't matter if you still drink, you don't drink. It's an all-inclusive community and there's no judgment.
1: My name is Linda Laurel, and I'm asking you to have the courage to listen with an open mind to all of our voices because our voices matter. This episode is brought to you by BMW of West Houston. Hi, this is Robert Ori the seven-time NBA champ, also known as Big Shot Bob. BMW of West Houston has provided me and my family with the best service and the best experience for years. BMW has been there for me and my family for years, so much so that it has convinced my wife to switch over from a former brand to BMW, and she loves it. BMW has been the car to drive. It is the ultimate driving experience. Hey everybody, it's Linda Laurel. Thank you so much for joining us for this new edition of our Voices Matter podcast. You know, one of the things that I love most about doing this podcast is the opportunity to meet people from all walks of life and share their stories. Quite often, as is the case in today's episode, I'm actually hearing the full backstory of our guests, just as you are. I prefer not to delve into the details too much in advance because then it becomes a surprise for all of us and I just never know where the conversation is going to take us. When it takes us by surprise, that's what I like to say is where the pure gold is. And boy, is there a lot of gold in this one. My guest today is Danny Falkner, the founder and co-owner of Sipple, the first non-alcoholic bottle shop in Texas. He describes himself as a storyteller and a beverage nerd and a disruptor. And when I say storyteller, he's got quite the story to tell of his own. And here it is. Let's get to it. Danny, welcome to our Voices Matter podcast. I have really been looking forward to this.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this so much too.
1: So I have to share with our audience how Mm -hmm. this all came about. So my daughter and I went into your store, Sipple, in uh, Rice Village area of Houston, non-alcoholic store, and you were there and you kind of walked us through everything. I mean, you just gave us the most incredible personalized tour of everything in the shop. And then we got to talking and then I look at you and I say, I really need to have you on my podcast. (laughs) And now here we are. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, I loved it. You know, I think it's just synchronous, right? It's like kismet how things happen. And I'm not at the shop too much anymore. You know, like we launched the shop almost a year ago and I'm just there sometimes. And you guys just came in a day I was there. um, I've been traveling a lot this summer, but it was amazing to meet you and your daughter and just kind of walk you through the store. And yeah, non-alcoholic bottle shop, crazy concept. You know, we're the first and only in Texas, which I thought by the end of this, I, I feel like by the end of this year, there was going to be one in Austin or something, which I feel like still might happen. But we're really excited and grateful that, you know, we were the first, but we brought this to Texas. and also Houston, let's be real. Like Austin gets, I love Austin. We used to live there, but they get so much love, you know? <laughs> and there's Dallas, like Houston kind of just like, everyone's like, why, Like, Houston needs that love to be the first and to be kind of that beacon, you know?
1: I agree. I could not agree with you more. Well, and I want to hear the whole backstory of sipple and how it all got started. Mm-hmm. But first, I want to hear your personal backstory. Tell us a little bit about how and where you grew up and what this journey has been like to lead you to the point where you've launched this company.
0: For sure. Um, and actually, the, my personal and professional kind of, like, intersect. And that's where sipple came. So that's a good... Connection segue. So I grew up in Northern California by Napa Valley, um, old Napa area. Um, You know, grew up in the country by the country, and it's absolutely beautiful. But growing up, I was like, man, this place sucks. Like, it's just like there's nothing to do here. Like, it's just like hills and stuff. And then got in my 20s, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, I grew up in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. And now I really appreciated it. You know, but growing up there, there was um, family owned like vineyards, like a mile, two miles from my house and apple orchards. And my family's not in the wine business. Otherwise I'd probably never would have left. Um, but it was very infectious at a young age to see like, you know, grapevines and apple orchards and they can take these and make beverages. I didn't understand alcohol at that point, but I was like, wow, this is like very fascinating. So I became a beverage nerd at a very young age um, and got into fermentation. And then I was a beverage that led me to study wine for like nine years I believe while I had a different career actually was a hairstylist I was a hairstylist for nine years yeah
1: wow and I did did that that (laughs)
0: yeah so I actually I actually I dropped out of college I was like it went to college for three years it just didn't align with my soul and I just felt like I wanted to do something else you know obviously my family my dad wasn't happy about that um but I felt this call to do something where I could travel and, and I had friends in hair school and I was always creative and stuff. So, and that allowed me to study wine, but also like travel. Cause here's the thing. You can travel anywhere in the world. People need their hair done. So it allowed me to go yeah. different places. Mm-hmm. So I studied wine for nine years and then got into like wine and hospitality. Beverage, like full time was a beverage director sommelier for, a, you know, 10 years, a bunch of my career. I'm actually in Houston, worked for top, some top restaurant groups in Houston, anywhere from one restaurant to like five at a time, wine list, 30 bottle wine list, 300 bottle wine list, cocktail list, love that, learned so much. Um, Also worked in distribution, you know, so like I worked with the small guys and big guys and stuff and learned how that whole world works. Um, It's probably one of the reasons why I'm the anti-pay to play person. You know, like, I don't believe in, you know, big money, big alcohol, big tobacco or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I believe in equal representation and equal um, opportunity. So it doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter if a brand is a month old or 10 years old, you still get the same love for me and the same attention. Yeah. And then I also produced, um, I worked and collaborated and did harvest with four different wineries in Napa and five different wineries in Italy. Um, and then I was the director of operations for City Orchard Cidering Brewery in Houston, so I actually launched that company. Um, I developed eighty percent of their ciders at the time. They won gold and silver last year, which was a which was an amazing thing to see. Um, helped with their branding, their labeling. I launched their tap room, distribution, all those things. So my personal life, I've always been in beverage and really alcohol. That's really what I've been around. Mm-hmm. But I realized as well. I really wasn't, didn't really care about alcohol. It was really the stories and the flavor profiles. Hmm. And personally, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities in beverage and travel and see the world, soak soak up the culture. And I hit my lowest of lows, fall, winter, 2019. Very lost, um, was really struggling, depressed. And I knew I needed a change. And I knew that alcohol for me was a, a pinpoint of that. I wasn't an alcoholic. Like I've drank in my life, not drank in my life. I wasn't dependent upon it, but working in alcohol for so long, having wine breath at 10 a.m. most days, having like stained red lips throughout mm-hmm. the day. And it just came became all consuming for me and affected all areas of my life. I have three young kids. So my relationship with my kids, with my wife, business. And it just it wasn't serving me anymore. So I had to really take a hard, long look at myself in the mirror and say, "What do I want and need in my life, and what do I don't want?" And so, still being in the alcohol world, that was hard. But I cut back mindfully, little by little. Um, And then I started to realize I was like, "Whoa, better sleep, higher functioning, more patient with myself and my kids and things." I was like, so I started to see the benefits and. I did also what led me to is, is I'm a very spiritual person and I did my first transformative medicine journey before the pandemic hit. And that really helped change, like helped start to change my mind and rewire my mind about things. So I really started, stopped drinking literally, it was like less than a month before the pandemic hit in what, March, 2020, Mm -hmm. that was a blessing. Um, The universe was telling me things before, you know, like to, to cut back, but if I didn't really cut back and stop drinking before the pandemic, I probably would have went a lot of the ways my colleagues and friends down the deep, dark rabbit hole and drank more during the pandemic. Mm. So it really saved my life. Um, I don't know if I would be here if I didn't cut back drinking. And Wait a minute. And the, wait
1: a minute. When you say that, that, you don't know if you would be here if you hadn't cut back yeah. drinking. Why? Why do you say that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I, I've battled depression throughout my life. Um, I come from a family that has battled it as well. And, you know, I think, what was it? I was in college. I think it was sophomore year of college, very lost, you know, like really didn't know where I wanted to go in life. Um, I also got my first like sleeve of tattoos when I was 19. And at that time that was 20, that was 2001. So there wasn't a lot of kids at that time that had a lot of tattoos. And so my family struggled with that. I struggled with that with identity, right? And at that time, it was like, oh, if you have a lot of tattoos, like you're a drug dealer or you're a tattoo artist and, and stuff. And But I never saw myself fitting in the nine to five job, the cubicle. Like that was never me. And I think what really changed my perception was I was 13 years old on the Bay Bridge, Going to like a San Francisco Giants game or something in traffic, and I remember seeing this gentleman in this amazing like I don't know it was a Mercedes a, a uh, you know uh, a BMW like just like so fleshed out beautiful car he was he was in a uh, convertible so hot day he rolled he rolls down the top and I see on the back sticker it says Pepperdine University Law like all these things so I was like okay this guy's a lawyer obviously. And it was so hot. He, he took off his shirt. He left his tank top on, and I could see that he had a full Japanese suit, like he was tattooed. And you just you didn't know, and that really changed my perception on like who has tattoos and who doesn't in society. And so, during that time, I had tattoos, and you know, I struggled with society and with my family. And I was very lost. I was very depressed, and I was suicidal. And I went to counseling and college, and it was helpful, but I was like, "This is why." I was like, "This is why I'm feeling this way. This is why I think I'm feeling this way, and this is why I think I should what I should do." And they were like, "Yes, yes, yes." I was like, "So why?" Thank you, but I don't need to be here. Um, so it was a really tough time going through that, and I think different parts of my life depression the depression has crept up, and I would say fall, winter, 2019. It was really hard. That's mm-hmm. where I was probably the most lost in my life and suicidal and very scared and lost. Um, you know, my wife and I, we were separated. I, you know, I was not living at home. My family's not here. I really didn't have anyone at all. And it was a very big struggle. And honestly, the only reason why I didn't take my life was my kids. There was the only thing that kept me going at that time. And that's why I knew I needed a, a change and alcohol was one of those things I needed to kick out of my life to get more clarity, which I, which I achieved,
1: which you did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if I didn't quit drinking before the pandemic, I don't, like I said, I don't think I would have been here. It probably would have led me down a really dark path, dark path that I probably wouldn't have been able to get out of.
1: Well, first of all, I'm really, really glad you're still here. <laughs> and secondly, I commend you for being so open and honest um, and vulnerable Thank you. Um, and sharing what you've what you've gone through, because it's so easy for us to look, you know, from the outside looking in, oh, look at you, you know, you're mm-hmm. traveling around, you've got this great career, you've started this awesome new business, you're getting all this press, yada, yada. You know, and there's always a backstory. Mm-hmm. There's always something there that drives us. And one of the things that you know that we try to do on on this podcast is to is to have conversations like this where we're really talking about our, our humanity and you know what it is that makes us tick. And you know everybody's got something going on. Um, and so I guess I guess my question now is. Mm-hmm. When you were looking at that period of your life and you're thinking, okay, this is not working, something's wrong, and I need to figure out what it is, and I need to make some changes. What was it about your relationship with alcohol that led you to believe that that was the place to start?
0: Yeah, great question. I grew up in a house where, you know, I saw my dad using alcohol as an escape, right? A coping mechanism. And it was a numbing tool. So obviously conditioning, right? Conditioning is real strong. Yeah, we have our DNA and we have our coding, but also like where, how we grow up, it affects our children, um, parenting. So I saw that and I thought that was acceptable. That was okay. So that's what I was doing subconsciously, always using alcohol to just escape from the world and my problems. Obviously it made my problems a lot worse. Um, those, those highs became lower and the lows became even lower right in my life so it was really reaching for alcohol just trying to get by and blinding myself and numbing all the feelings and things i had going on but it just left me more lost and 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 empty than anything where i got to a point where i had to change and i agree with you i love this podcast because people think you know white picket fences or the grass is greener and it's not we all have a story and we all battle And I've been saying it for a while, vulnerability is a superpower. Vulnerability is a strength. And the more that we use our voice and share, people find that they're not alone. So that's something I really want to do with SIPL and beyond is letting people know, like, we all have struggles. It's not a competition. We all have things going on in our lives and stuff. And sometimes, yeah, there's things to share and there's things not to share. um, But also, we should share our our, our triumphs, but also our lows and our discoveries of, and our failures. Because if you, if you love, you can't fail with love, right? You can wow. always move forward and, and learn. So yeah. I encourage all people to just be vulnerable and share their stories. And that's why I am so open. Um, sometimes that's too much for people and that's okay. But, you know, I, I want, because if I reach that one person out there that goes, oh my God, like I relate to this. Right. I'm not alone. That's right. what it's all about.
1: That's what it, that's what it's all about. Maybe. One of the things that um, that you have written on your website and I, I've seen it in a lot of the literature and this um, other articles and you know other press that you've gotten, you say there's no judgment here and I love that. you know what for whatever reason you have chosen to change your relationship with alcohol and either completely move away from it or take incremental steps or whatever it is whatever your why, there's no judgment here. so mm-hmm. talk talk to me about that. why that's so important for you to, to put out there.
0: For sure, because we're all on our own journeys at, at different times and once again it's not it's not competitive. and I think God, in the social media like world we live in, the, the dangerous I call it the dangerous game of comparison is real. and it's something I'm very like aware of for my kids as they grow older. And we compare ourselves to like, you know, we're on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. And we're seeing people and it's just so, you know, it's it's one of those things where we have to be real that we we're all on our own journeys. And for us, I wanted to start simple first and foremost as a community, no matter what your why is you drink alcohol still. You're taking a night off, a week off, a month off, a year off, a lifetime that's all cool. That That's good. Like you don't have to explain yourself. You're welcome. It doesn't matter if you still drink, you don't drink. It's an all-inclusive community and there's no judgment. If you want to talk about your journey, some people come in and they do because maybe they feel like they don't have anyone to talk to. Okay. You know, I've heard some pretty intense personal stories. Um, yeah. and I advise them sometimes to seek out, you know, some, some actual professional help or like, Hey, check out these resources. You know what I mean? Like Mm-hmm. I think you can find that you're not alone, right? You're not alone in there. And then some people are more, you know, keep it close to their chest. But we want people to feel welcome. We want people to feel like they, they can be themselves and feel proud and to be themselves and be open about if they don't drink or want to drink less. Because there is a lot of societal pressure to drink alcohol. And we're trying to change that, yes. you know, yes. uh, because I think about it. I mean, your career, you, I'm sure you went to like, so many happy hours and dinners and work functions. And it's always, there's alcohol, right? Like you think about it, there's always some kind of drink. You think about holidays, there's alcohol tied to every holiday for whatever reason.
1: Everything, there's, alcohol is, is connected to everything. And I'm so glad that that you you made this point. So um, as, I, as I mentioned before, you know, Lindsay, my daughter and I went into the store together mm-hmm. and she's the one who in, introduced me to sipple and she's like, mom, you know, I, I'm going to stop drinking. And I, you know, I really am just trying to be really, really healthy. And I've been doing my research. And, and then she shared something that I did not know until we were, I think, in your store talking. And she said that, you know, a year or two ago when she had done a dry January or no, I think she went an entire year where she was not drinking and her friendships changed. There were people in her friend circle that judged her. Because she wasn't drinking and she wasn't looked at as being fun, you know, quote, unquote. And and that's crazy. You know, I mean, so basically she was being othered Mm -hmm. because she was not conforming to the societal norm of, hey, let's go out and go to a bar and have a drink or get drunk or whatever it is. And it changed everything. And that was so mind blowing to me. So I love what you're what you're doing with with your community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. It's it's true. When she said that to me, it really resonated with me deeply because I went through the same thing. And I know so many other people that do where you feel like pressured to drink or not even to tell people like, hey, I'm not drinking anymore. Or people, you know, or I'm cutting back. And then you go out and you make it look like you're drinking alcohol because you're trying to not get into that conversation. And I've, And I've been okay. telling people, I'm like, it's cool to not drink now or to drink less. And we need to promote that. That's healthy. That's for your mental health. If you're doing these things for that reasons, we should applaud that and support that. And I lost friendships too. And what I've realized, it's really not about me. It's about them. And when when someone like your daughter, when she's not drinking, I think I said this to her when she was in the shop, it's really about like, if if the friends that she lost it's because it's their journey and their she's probably hitting a sensitive like topic that they probably know they need to not drink or to drink less. So they make it about them and they project. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we're trying to change that narrative of why aren't you drinking? Like I was saying, you've been at all these work functions or with friends. And if you don't have a, a drink that looks adult or alcoholic, like if you, sorry, if you do, it's like they pass it by it's like subconscious and they're like, Oh, Linda, how's work? How's life? How are the kids? Like, you know, and, but if you don't, it's all of a sudden like, wait, wait, wait. wait. What's going on, Linda? Mm -hmm. Are you not drinking? drinking? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you sick? Are you an alcoholic? Mm -hmm. And then the one question you should never ask a woman is, are you pregnant? Like, it's just like never, (laughs) like, just don't, like, it's none of your business because you don't know their story. And I've seen that question end in tears so Mm. much. And that is so personal. You know what I mean? Like, just be supportive. So, We're trying to change it to why aren't you drinking to what are you drinking? It's a simple mindset shift where it's a positive where when you come in the shop, it's like, cool, like, what do you like to drink? We don't bring up alcohol. We don't ask you if you drink because it's none of our business. We're here to support. And then we take it a step farther and we trademark this. We say, what are you drinking today for tomorrow? So we get a little bit more mindful with your health about like, okay, we're conscious about what we're putting in our bodies for for food. You know, we saw that renaissance. What about beverages and liquids, right? Like, what are we doing putting in our body that helps us with our mental health, that supports our mental health, but also just our health, our physical health, our gut, because our gut health is responsible for so much of our overall health. Um, And these are things that are not talked about. And so we're trying to shine a light and we're just really trying to shift the narrative. And that's something I will, I will continue to do on podcasts, talking panels our events, and we'll continue to do more and more because we all have a voice and we should use it and we should feel free and empowered just to be us and to just be. And if we choose not to drink or to drink less, that is a monumental choice that your daughter made, that people make. And that takes bravery and courage in society to go against the the norm and swim up the river and say, you know what? No, I'm doing this for me. And at the end of the day, if I lose friends, that hurts but actually it's your loss because I'm awesome and I have a lot to give this world and you're, you're actually losing out, you know? So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, I just love the whole, the whole concept of, of, of what you're doing. And I know, you know, even when you were looking for a, a location to open your, your store, you were othered then. You know, yes. there were, nobody wanted to give you the space. I mean, that's crazy. What, t- give me a, an example of what happened when you, when you started looking for a place to actually physically open up yeah. your, your store.
0: For sure. So I know some other, I'm close with some of the other non-alcoholic bottle shop owners across the U S um, in, in New York, in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, um, and, and other places. and We've shared these stories. We've have kind of very similar experiences Um, and look, I've been even ostracized in the beverage in the alcohol world where like some of my friends are like, what do you mean you don't drink anymore? What do you mean non-alcoholic? Like they were like, don't talk to me anymore. And I'm like, okay, like that's your loss. It doesn't mean I don't like respect wine or spirits. I still have a full liquor cabinet at my house because I spent years collecting it. I still smell them. I just don't drink them, but I'm not triggered by that. Like I'm, so I'm okay with having it in my house. It's so interesting, you know, but, and it's also for people that come over like friends and family, if they, if they want, if they still drink alcohol, it's here, like have some amazing spirits and, or wine or whatever. And, and enjoy that. Once again, my house is an all inclusive, you know, uh, community as well. So we took, I think it took nine months to find a space in Houston. So that's why it took us up until October of 20, you know, 2020, wait, yeah, 2021 to open a lot of no's. A lot of people thought we were crazy. Non-alcoholic bottle shop. What does that even mean? They're like, so you sell soda. I'm like, no, I don't sell soda. <laughs> so sparkling water. No, I don't have a, I don't have a store of just sparkling water. They're like, well, I don't get it. I'm like, okay. So think wine, beer, spirits, apertifs, adult drinks, but no alcohol. And this happened so many times where I looked them in the eyes and they were like, does not compute, does not, they were just like, you know, they were like, I don't get it, you know? And they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, <laughs> they're like, "So what do you sell?" And I'm like, "Wine, beer, spirits, aperitifs, but no alcohol." They're like, "Okay, so you get a buzz." I'm like, "No buzz." And they're like, "Who that they're like, and they're like, "Who who the hell would want to drink that?" I'm like, and I say, "Who would not want to drink that? This is for everyone." And they're like, "Huh?" And then some of them would start thinking. I'm like, "Man, I was like, "Let's just take a second. Let's think about who doesn't drink? Sobriety community, obviously. Um, women that are pregnant. Um, health conditions, diabetes, cancer. Um, religious. There's a lot of religious communities that don't drink. And then they're like, oh my God. Wow, they didn't think about that. I'm like, yeah, it's a huge percentage of people in the U.S. that don't drink alcohol. And they're like, yeah, but it won't make money. And I'm like, oh yes, it, it'll be a successful business. Um, I was like, look at these reports. Look at these articles at that time. So finally, we I think we had six deals fall through. No joke, six deals fall through. Two I walked away from because they were shady deals. I won't <laughs> I won't say who they are, but it was shady it was shady real estate deals. Um, and they tried to pull the you know they try to pull the wool over my eyes, and I told them, this is not my first rodeo. I've opened up a lot of restaurants and bars. I have friends that are in real estate, so we looked this over and we caught a lot of red flags. Four other deals fell through because at the end of the day, I remember one. We were going to sign the lease that day in the village, actually in Rice Village, and they backed out. They said, "Nope, you know, like we just uh, we we want like a a clothing brand, like we just don't think it fits with the rest of our tenants." And I'm like, I was okay. crushed. I was yeah. like, okay. And it was another like the sixth one, right? I was just like, man, is it is anyone going to take a chance on us? So. But I'm a firm and true believer everything happens for a reason. And then we found a place like what, four or five blocks from the village. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful landlords company. And they were like, sure. They didn't understand it, but they were like, and it was a beautiful space. It's, you know, a hidden gem, lots of free parking, which I love in Houston. That's very hard to come by. Which is
1: a premium in Rice Village area.
0: (laughs) Sometimes people go, it's so hard to find you. I go, yeah, we're not on a main street, but hey. You have free parking. Yeah. Like, when you, you get
1: there, you have a place to park.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, and the funny thing was my landlord, one of my landlords came to me actually, who doesn't drink alcohol for like, I think he's like four or five years sober, but he didn't pick us because of that reason. He told me a month in, he was like, you know what, Danny, you wanted to rent this place from us. And I was like, sure, sure. I'll take your money. <laughs> sure. what well, you know, like, all like, that's fine. But he's like I'll be honest, I didn't think you would you would be you would do well and make money. But he's like I see car after car showing up. And he's like, "You know, I've been in construction and remodeling for over like 30 years and that's not new, like or like 40 years. That's not new, right? You're doing something like brand new, life-changing, game-changing, groundbreaking." And he's like, "You got bigger balls than I do." Like, "Wow, like I'm He's like, "I'm impressed." And it's, you know, so it's like, you see where we finally got the right person to take a chance on us. And then they see like that there is that. And a lot of people still are kind of like, oh, so are you going to be around in a month? And I'm like, yeah, this is not a pop-up. Like, this is a, this is a thing. This is permanent.
1: This is a thing. And so, and so the business is doing well. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. The business, we are so grateful. We are doing well. And every month we're seeing new customers like you, like new community members and your daughter. And then, and then they become repeat, right? They tell their friends, they come back and then it explodes. Yeah. Do we see a surge in dry January? Absolutely. Um, and I also think that is because circling back, I think that's because people, it's like a pass. Dry January has become more of a known acceptable thing. So like if you tell your friends or your family or your spouse or partner, well, I'm doing dry January, you get less ridicule. Like you get less, you know, criticism and judgment. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I understand. New year, healthy. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people do it when they really want to maybe do more. And so it's kind of an entry way of people to test the waters. And then they mm-hmm. find out, wow, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people that don't drink.
1: And now there's there's sober October, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, other there are other... Times or I guess society is starting to catch up a little bit and say it's it make it a little bit more acceptable for those who choose not to drink for whatever reason.
0: Absolutely. So I always tell people I'm like, yeah, dry January is great and fine. I wish it was like dry February or March and so give me a break after the holidays, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm like, let's talk about let's talk about other months, right? Let's let's not talk about like dry January. Let's just talk about March. Let's just talk about a regular month. And it's just about mindfulness, right? So I tell people, I'm like, even if you do drink alcohol, cool. If you're going to like have a glass of Napa Cabernet Sauvignon, right? And you want it with a steak or a portobello mushroom steak or whatever your jam is. That's great. But what is your intention? And I think that's the key is when you're doing anything in life, what is your intention? If you're drinking to get, you know, drunk, okay, well, then that's your intention. Mm -hmm. But if you're drinking it, because like, I like the taste of this. And I want to treat myself to a nice glass of wine. Okay, that's moderation. And that's a beautiful thing to to strive balance. So I always tell people that's what mindful drinking is, is just being conscious of what you're drinking and why you're drinking it. Just like food, just like doing yoga, running, anything else that you're doing. And I think that's where the, the beautiful movement's coming from. Not everyone does that, but I think that's where mm-hmm. it comes from, where it's like, why am I doing this? Let me take a step back and like under it. Because I always said it, alcohol was my worst and best friend. It was always there for me. On my big days, promotions, new jobs, pop a bottle. Bad days, let's have a drink. But Mm. the sad thing is that friend always left me feeling worse than I felt before. So that's why I had to kick the alcohol friend out of my life. That's for me. And that's why I tell people I live my life alcohol free, which is a difference than being sober which is a, you know, a a whole other discussion that people are starting to realize as well.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Alcohol-free versus sober. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, I get it. I get it. So, um, so what's your, what's your pie in the sky for Sipple? Uh, well, before, before you answer that, I want to say this. So I know that you have, you have a lot of different brands that, um, uh, that you sell in your store and I know that you're very selective and you're very picky and you made a point of telling us that first day when we were in the, in the, in the shop, you said there isn't anything on these shelves that I have not personally uh, consumed and have not personally put my stamp of approval on because there are a lot of brands that come at us, but we don't carry everything. So talk to me a little bit about that.
0: Absolutely. Um, I've been told by like over three dozen brands by now that I have the most intense vetting process in the U S and I'm, I'm like, I'm fine with that. You know, I'm, I'm happy about that because it comes from my background being in beverage and hospitality, but it also integrity is like the most important thing to me. It's integrity and transparency, right? So it's not just about good products. I'm looking for good products, good, clean ingredients. I don't want to see BS on a can or a bottle. Like I want to know what I'm drinking, our, community does too. But at the end of the day, the deal breaker is the people. I want to do business with good people, making good drinks, doing good things. And that's what I say. So for me, I've decided not to do business and partner up with certain brands. They make maybe great stuff or they're a big brand, but eh, we just didn't have alignment or synergy. I want to do business with people that are community focused and community forward like myself and Simple is. And for instance, there's two celebrity back brands, right? Like in the non-op space, there's Dessois by Katy Perry. She's a part of that. And then there's, um, Blake Lively's company, Betty Buzz. So Betty Buzz is a great example. Um, I treat everyone the same. It doesn't matter who you are. So they, Betty Buzz reached out to us and they said, um, they called me. They reached out to me. You know, we really want to be in simple. Um, the story goes like this. Blake gave us a, Blake Lively gave us a list of four retailers. She wanted to be in the U S target target, right? The big target is one wow. Sipple was another one. And I was like, really? Like, really? Like, is this a sales tactic? Right? Like, and they were like, no, this is like, seriously, like this is why I'm reaching out to you right away. And I was like, okay, I'll believe you. I was like, how does she know of Sipple? And she's like, honestly, I don't know. Maybe this is like their VP of sales. He's like, I know she has friends in Houston, so maybe that's it, but you've also been in national articles, so who knows, you know, like how she came across it, but she really wants to be simple. I go, okay, well, that's, I love that. That's amazing. We're going to treat you the same though. Send samples, I'm going to taste them. I don't stock anything in the store if I don't taste it, and I personally would not drink it, and I don't find it as good. And so then we got down this conversation. I said, well, just so you know, after I taste, it's a deal. It's a, it's a non-negotiable thing. I request to talk to a founder or co-founder of the company. I want that personal relationship. So that goes for any brand and that goes for Betty Buzz as well. I understand Blake is, you know, she's, she's in the media. She's busy, but here's the way I view Blake, Katy Perry, or anyone in the world. You're, you're a person. You're just, a, you're just, you're, you're a human being just like myself. You're just in the public eye more. And I can only imagine how that would feel. Um, But at the end of the day, we're all humans and that's who I want to connect with. And so that's where we are. And there have been some brands that have accepted that. And there's some brands that have pushed back. And I say, I don't treat anyone different. No brand or person gets special treatment for us. Because once again, this is a community. Everyone is equal. Mm -hmm. And that's what we stand for. And we always will. Um, and so we want to be that like trusted source in the non-alcoholic community where like, if we stock it or we have it at an event, that means something, not only the something. products, but the people. Right. the people, the people are good.
1: So did, did they follow through did, with no. Blake? No, no.
0: it no. sounded like it was, but you know, I didn't get my hopes up, but you know, she, they were saying, you know, she, she co-chaired the Met Gala and she has a new movie. And I said, Okay i was like you know when you know how to reach me when it, whenever she has like time to do a 10 to 15 minute call. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And here's the thing. I don't even know if this information was passed along to her. So yeah. who who, yeah. who really knows. Yeah. But they know how to move forward and mm-hmm. if they're ready to do that, then I'm ready to take that call and and, and do that because it is great products. Um but you know, once again, it's just all about we're all equal. So
1: you're staying true you're staying true to who you are, staying yeah. true to, to your mission and Making sure that, you know, that that you're you're doing it the way that you said you would. And and that's that's the end of that. Yeah. So okay, so now back to my other question. What mm-hmm. is your pie in the sky for this company? Where where is it going? Where do you want it to go?
0: Absolutely. You know, I've had a lot of visions and dreams and a lot of stuff. The non-alcoholic space has just transformed. It the the landscape changes every month. Like it's just more brands coming out, more articles. Articles, like even national articles that we're in that I know part of, everyone's like, oh, you were mentioning this. I was like, that's amazing. Like, I had no idea. So we're so grateful and blessed by the love and support that we received. We don't plan to open up more shops. Um, we we, we entertained that for the last year. Talked to a lot of investors, talked to a lot of people. But as from my background in beverage and hospitality for over 20 years and connecting the dots of distribution and big box retailers like Target, Target actually just made a national deal with the non-alcoholic brand. So did Disney, um, Costco is interested, CVS just expanded their functional beverages and stuff. So we're starting to see it and Whole Foods is, is making a big play, HEB, Central Market. Uh, and I think for the brands in the community, Absolutely amazing. Like that's what we want to see is awareness and accessibility. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that can reach more and more people. Now for a company like simple, that is, we bootstrap simple. We self-funded simple. We have no investors. We did all this by ourselves and it's been a lot of grind and hustle. So when I looked at expanding, I was like, Hmm, more locations, more money, more headaches, more team members. More and, I was like, yeah. and I was like, and I was like, does that align with my soul? And I I had to really sit with that and it didn't because what we really want to do is much greater than just stores. Because do I think a brand can change drinking culture alone? No. Can a retail company like simple change drinking culture alone? No, it takes all sides to do that. And that's the way I approach it. It also takes events in person activations for people to taste things like at a restaurant or bar an event to be like, Oh my God, this is actually good. <laughs> you know, that's what I love to hear. They're like, wow, I would actually drink this. Like, this is amazing. And I'm like, and so the funny question in the store I get all the time is, is this good? Is this good? Is this good? And I just <laughs> laugh. I go, everything in the store is good. Everything I can in tell here is
1: good or it wouldn't be in here. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'm like, but I was like, depends on your flavor profile, your style, like right. what you're looking for. Right. Um. So events is a huge aspect of that. Um, and we'll continue to do that. We did South by Southwest last March, was, which was amazing. We already got asked to do it, uh, you know, next March, doing right. other events in that space. And then, really, for me, is multimedia, um, you know, podcasts. So I have my own podcast that's just small and started called By Volume, which is about music, non alcoholic beverages. And then I'm starting a new podcast that is, it supports non-alcoholic community, but it's more about transformative medicine as well. Um, and then I've been working on a TV show for the last year, which I'm getting ready to shoot soon, The Pilots. And that is all about non-alcoholic culture and transformative medicine too, is this is how we change drinking culture. We wanna change how people drink and think. And I know in today's society, it's retail, it's, it's social media, Instagram, TikTok, it's podcasts, it's TV shows, um, and that's the really what we're going for is the more events and multimedia route because that's where we know where our strengths are. And you know, some people have asked me, like, did you purposely did you purposely seek out to be a thought leader in the space? And the answer is no, I didn't. I was just being me, and I got pushed, gratefully pushed with a lot of articles, and people came to me. Because of my story, but also just, you know, how open I am, but also because other people weren't doing it. And that's the thing. I was just like, well, hey, if you're, if no one's going to do it, I'll step up and talk about these things because we need to talk about these things. And we need, I don't need to be the face even of Sipple. I don't need to be the face of the, one of the faces of the, of the non alcoholic space and community. I'm just happy to be a part of it. So, but I will stand up and speak, speak up for myself, but I'll speak up for others as well. Because I will give myself a voice, and in giving myself a voice, if it give other people's a voice or gives them in- courage or in- inspiration to speak up, that's what it's all about. So, like, I want to empower everyone to just be true to themselves, mm-hmm. live their true self and true voice, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I've spoke up a lot about me being alcohol free versus sober. And I have a lot of friends that are sober, and I have the utmost love and, and utmost love and respect for the sobriety community. And I think a lot of people, you know, assume I'm sober because when I say I don't drink alcohol and I'm like, no, I just don't drink alcohol. You know what I mean? Like that is, that doesn't serve me. And that's what our shop is non-alcoholic. You know what I mean? We just focus on that aspect, Mm -hmm. but speaking up on a lot of standpoints, transformative medicine as well to let people know this is a, this is the brave new world. And it's amazing.
1: I, I love how you're, you're, you know, bringing in the intersectionality of all of these different aspects of of the community that really have to come together in order to affect the kind of change that you're talking about, which is changing the total, into- the total mindset and culture mm-hmm. around, um, non, non-alcoholic, uh, non-alcoholic community. Yeah. So I-, I just, wow, my hat is off to you and, mm-hmm. and, and your wife and everything that you guys have built together. And, um, I'm so happy to know you. I'm really glad you're here in Houston because you're yeah, just yeah. 10 minutes away from me. I can yeah. go get my Dakarish, which is my favorite yeah. drink yeah. so far of everything awesome. that I've tried. It's just really, really good. Um, Danny, this, is, this has been just such a pleasure to talk with you. As we wrap up, just want to ask you if there's anything that you'd like to leave our audience with uh, that I haven't given you a chance to say that you just are just burning to get out there.
0: Yeah, for sure i you know i i I encourage everyone to just live their live their life and just be you know like come into their own seek you're not you're not alone there are resources out there and it's hard to speak up and find that but you're not alone vulnerability once again is a superpower so share your story you know be true to yourself on your journey and you know if you need to someone to talk to you you need resources please reach out to me, reach out to SIPL, reach out to my email. Um, I am more than happy to connect you um, because we're all in this together and we're all connected. And the last thing I would love to share is, you know, a part of SIPL in the future is I'm purposely the last four to six months have been pivoting Sipple into transformative medicine, supporting that. South by Southwest event was that and transformative medicine for people that don't know is psychedelic medicine. Um, and that is a huge, this is, the, this is the way, this is the future of mental health and healthcare care um, and recovery. And there's resources out there, which I believe I, I told you and your daughter, but a, a good one is Michael Poland's book, How to Change Your Mind. It's even on Netflix now, a, a docu-series. And there's a lot more. Aubrey Marcus has an amazing podcast. There's a lot of people out there doing amazing things, talking about these things. And so the future of SIPL is also I purposely have, you know, bonded it with transformative medicine because they do go hand in hand. If you think about people in recovery, battling mental illness, mental health, addiction or alcohol, drugs is a real thing, is really is a tough thing. So when we have a shop and a company that finds these beverages that are supportive of whatever your journey is, Transformative medicine and non-alcoholic actually go hand in hand, and no one else is really talking about this. And so I'm talking about it louder than I would than I just if other people were to people know like there is a connection. So Simple is going to support more transformative medicine companies and groups and events like we've already done, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to create a rainbow bridge. That's what I call it because. Not drinking alcohol or whatever, mental health. It's not black and white anymore. And it never should have been black and white. It's a gray area. And I am proud to operate and to live in the gray area. And what I'm trying to do is paint it a rainbow. I am trying to give it color and life. And that's what we're trying to do with Simple as well. as connected to show people. It's not you're an alcoholic or you drink. There's this huge area that you can live in and be free to live in and just be So I'm happy to share, Um, can't share too much because it's in the beginning stages, but I will be opening up. um, I am the co-creator of a transformative medicine center in Texas that's gonna open up in the next like year or so. Um, Wow. And this is gonna revolutionize. um, Are we
1: breaking news here? Is that what this
0: is? (laughs) You are breaking news. I asked my co-creator if I could share this on the air and such, she she said yes. So this is something we're bringing and showing people like there is other options. And I can say for my personal journey, I have processed more trauma, depression, suicide, a lot of things, dependencies, doing journeys and transformative medicine in a four or eight hour session than I have in 20 years of traditional therapy. So there is options out there. And when I was out in California with my parents, they were asking me, I talked to them for an hour and a half mind's blown my dad is a war veteran he talked to me about different things and stuff and it's beauty the world is changing and so that is one the future of SIPL is supporting transformative medicine and part of my personal journey my personal growth as well SIPL will always live it always thrive it will grow continue to support the non-alcoholic community always like i said we'll 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 pivot more and transform into more events and especially more multimedia that's the future Mm -hmm. But my personal future is in transformative medicine is to actually be an integration coach and specialist for people to help guide souls and help people find um, to welcome them home into the house of their soul. And that is deeper than just mental health. That is finding your true being of who you are. And that's something I have personally have experienced. And I want to I feel called to. This is one of the reasons I've learned. I've learned one of the main reasons why I'm here is to open up this transformative medicine space, but also help guide people into the house of their souls and to find themselves and just be free and to just be. Wow.
1: Okay, so you gave me chills. You gave me chills on so, <laughs> so many levels, and um, I can, you know, your your passion is palpable, and there's yeah. no question in my mind that you are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And um, what a pleasure, what an honor to have you on the show, Danny Fr- Frown Felkner. <laughs> I said your name correctly, yes. Danny Frown Felkner. Yes. You are a blessing, my dear. Thank you, thank you so much for. For sharing your story and yourself and just everything with our audience today.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for being you. I appreciate all that you are and all that you do um, outside of this podcast and in this podcast, giving voices a platform and letting voices be heard in stories. Because you're right, we all have a story, we all on our journeys, and you're giving an opportunity to share that, to empower people and to connect people because we're all connected in ways. So I have so much love and respect and admiration and gratitude for you and to you. And thank you. Um, This has just been absolutely amazing. And (laughs) thank you. Thank you so
1: much, Danny. Open invitation to come back anytime.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: Okay. A big thanks again to Danny Frown-Falkner for sharing his passion and his vision with all of us. For more information about SIPL and everything that Danny is up to, just go to our website, ourvoicesmatterpodcast.com, to find links in the show notes. And if you are enjoying the conversations that we share with you here on OVM, please download, like, share, and leave us a review. We love having you as part of our community. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks again to our sponsor, BMW of West Houston. There's a special offer for members of the Our Voices Matter podcast community. Just click the link in the show notes, bmwwest.com.